You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, my name is Tim Moser, your host today from the Fargo studio, looking at Therese through the window. I see Eli out the other window. Man, we're all here today. This is great. Coming at you again from the Fargo studio between the railroad tracks and the cathedral. I'd like to thank Jody Clemens and Casey Lloyd for being with us the last half hour. Sidewalk advocacy. Sidewalk advocacy. They are out in front of the abortion mill here in Fargo every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, approximately one classroom of, of unborn babies uh, are no longer. And it causes a lot of scars, obviously. And we certainly want everyone to, to think about that and support in any way you can. You might not be a sidewalk advocate. You can say, what can I do? Well, certainly you can pray. Another thing you can do is just respect life in all ways. So check this one out. Uh, if you have any children listening, be nice to your brother and sister. Yeah, that's respecting life. Obey your parents. Respect them. <laughs> all these type of things. So anyway, 40 Days for Life ND. It's the number 40 Days for Life ND. And you can catch Casey's writings, Notes from the Sidewalk, every Wednesday. She summarizes what went on. I think you'll enjoy that. And speaking of helping those in need, we have Deacon Ken Vadova with us. Deacon Ken, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for allowing me to be on. Oh, absolutely. So, so good. So good to have you here. And, of course, you've been called in a very special way, too, to, to minister to those in need. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, where you grew up, what, what that was like, and maybe your faith life, and then we'll move on to your call to the diaconate. Okay. I grew up in uh, Park River Grafton, Walsh County. Uh, Bestleville, St. Luke's was my home parish. Um, grew up there. Father Monica was my priest for most of my youth. Um, went to NDSU, uh, majored in ag ed. Bison, yeah. <laughs> majored in agricultural education, became an FFA advisor and ag teacher in Finley for 35 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Met my wife there. We got married, raised our family, and uh, found my way into the diaconate. And uh, about seven years ago, coming up on, uh, was uh, called to Jamestown, I guess, to be a chaplain at the, the nursing home here, SMP Ave Maria, Sisters of Mary, the presentation, uh, Ave Maria nursing home. So I've been a uh, chaplain here for seven years and a member of St. James Basilica. So Tammy and I have been here and uh, enjoying uh, our call to come to Jamestown. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, that's neat. So I'm curious, growing up, uh, when you first started teaching uh, back there, did Finley have its own high school, or was it already a uh, Finley-Sharon, you know, uh, combined? Uh, They combined in 75, and I came there in 80, so they were very acclimated to being one school, and uh, Sharon was open for about a year or two, but uh, they became a K-12, through I think, in about 1982, so everything K-12 through was under one building. In okay, sure, sure. So so what drew you to ag there at NDSU? Were you from a farm, or just have an interest in it? Yeah, we grew up on a small farm, and we built a few cows and had uh, just about every kind of livestock you can think of, Yeah. <laughs> 
poultry and everything, ducks, geese, chickens, and whatever. So I wanted to farm, but our farm was just too small, and with high interest rates in those days, it didn't make sense to grow that. So my folks made sure all of us kids had some college education, and um, I uh, really enjoyed the FFA and uh, Future Farmers of America in those days in Park River, so I had a egg teacher, Lowell Nelson, asked me, I think when I was a freshman, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, Well, they wanted to be a farmer, but I said, I don't know. And he said, be an egg teacher. I said, okay, and <laughs> off I went. He said, where are you going to school? I go, Grand Forest. He goes, nope, only NDSU. That's the only place that teaches it. <laughs> so it was no, it was just a no-brainer. Just followed that lead and became a FFA advisor and uh, stayed close to the farm that way. And once Tammy and I got married, we wound up on a little farm, and we were able to have a little hobby farm and had just about every kind of livestock you could think on that as we raised our children. Sure. So just just like you were always kept busy in a good way with, with chores and taking care of the animals, you said, you know, this is a good way to keep the kids busy, teach them responsibility, right? Then off you went. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And without even realizing it, uh, that, that became our mode of action, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's so good to have that, that sense of responsibility, sense of, again, w- as we're moving forward to, we'll get, to, again, to your story about taking care of the elderly, but taking care of some other form of life, right? And we can start with, hey, you know, there's an animal that needs to be fed, that, you know, needs to be taken care of. The whole idea of getting outside of ourselves and serving and looking for the goods of others, especially people, of course, but even, in your case, uh, the animals. Yeah, and then it became a wonderful... Uh, laboratory, if you will, for mm-hmm. a lot of my FFA classes and ag classes because we could just come out to that farm and uh, wind up uh, practicing some of the things that were being taught in the classroom. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I, should, I should tell our listeners, too, I've actually had the experience of, of being at Ken and Tammy's home, Deacon Ken and Tammy's home. I was there I said, a couple months ago to do some praise and worship at Jamestown, and they graciously invited me into their home. I actually did some music at... Ave Maria there, and Deacon Ken said, hey, you know, why don't you come over and have supper, you know, and so it was great. Ken and Deacon Ken and Tammy and I had supper, and I went back and did the praise and worship, so I, I want to thank you for opening your house and, and showing me that hospitality, Deacon. I, I really do appreciate that. You're welcome. We enjoyed your company. And while I was there, I want to talk a little bit about this before our break, Deacon, because I'm in formation for the diaconate now myself. I'm an aspirant, and... Um, yep. I would just like you to share, because you had a wonderful story about, you know, how how did you first discern the possible call to the diaconate, and how did that kind of play out as, as you were starting your formation? You know, you get asked that many times, and you wind up pondering on it, and the first time you're asked it, you go, I don't know, and then you start <laughs> thinking about it and praying on it, and again, as you asked me to prepare for today a little bit, uh, I, th- I think there's, we forget about the grace of God working in our lives. Mm. I, I think there's two or three steps that come into play, and one was preparation uh, through the sacraments and the grace of God. He winds up preparing you for it, and you're not even aware of it, and it's through your whole lifetime. I, I think back so many times, and uh, the rosary and the closeness to Mary was a big part of our journey, as much for staying in the churches anything, um, 
but the, during Lent, we would our family when we were small would pray the rosary uh, by the couch. And uh, during Lent, so the sorrowful mysteries. So for many years, I didn't know there were other mysteries. It was just those <laughs> sorrowful ones. We would pray during Lent every night uh, as a family. And then uh, Grandma Suda, I remember her once we were left. She was babysitting with us, and she was quizzing us about uh, questions about the Bible and things. And she goes, my gosh, talking to me, you know so much about the Bible. And I go, I've never opened the Bible. I don't know what's in it. (laughs) But in those days, there were so many movies on TV. I I watched a lot of TV, but the Ten Commandments, the robe, uh, the story of Ruth, Samson, and Deliah, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, so many movies were made by uh, on the Bible by the TV, you know, the movie companies. So there, there, there was God putting things in our hearts, and then preparation, I guess, all the way through. Uh, Uncle Rudy giving me a Bible for confirmation, Father Tomonic and uh, little things he'd put in your head. But then there became an awareness of the diaconate. Um, when when I was small, you know, the diaconate is fairly new to the Church, mm-hmm. and when I was small, there was no such thing as deacons. And when I'm teaching in Finley, uh, I knew Tom and Mary Geffrey from uh, Mayville, and he became a deacon, and I had no idea what a deacon was, and we weren't even very close to them. And Jim and Bev McAllister... Uh, down south of us, they would come to Steele County and do business for their Bev's farm and things, and we got to know them, and she goes, my husband's a deacon, and Deacon Stu Longton came and uh, was at confirmation for Finley kids, and there was a gradual awareness, and then all of a sudden, uh, fast forward 10 or 15 years, uh, Father Finney goes, we're going to get a St. Andrew's supper in Jamestown. At the KC building, uh, five sixty, you guys are coming along. So we went, and Father Finio, he goes, uh, I don't know what you're waiting for. Why don't you just jump in? And we went to this meeting and came back and signed the paper for formation that we're going to application that we're going to go in. So, so it's it's preparation, awareness, and then formation. We went through five years of formation, and and now we're still in post ordination formation because we're still learning. Sure. about what we should be doing as a deacon or a deacon's wife. And so preparedness, preparation, awareness, and formation, I guess. A journey. Yeah. It's a journey. We're talking with Deacon Ken Vadova about his uh, his upbringing and his, his uh, journey to the diaconate. And, of course, his wife, Tammy, they, it, it's something you do together. Of course, the man is the only one that gets ordained, but the wife is with him every step of the way. And I think it's interesting Deacon, how you just mentioned several other deacons, you know, a priest, Father Finio, who can be very persuasive himself. Uh, the whole idea that there are others witnessing to this and encouraging me along the way as well, that's God's grace speaking through them. Right. And do we listen? Yeah. <laughs> really, isn't that true? <laughs> you, you know, so much of your life, you, you, you just move on with the business of the world, and, and you don't pay attention to some of those subtle things that were put in place for you. And uh, to direct you, and we wind up walking a different way. That's so true. And, and But that gets us back to something you mentioned that's so important is prayer, right? Taking that time in silence, in prayer before the Lord, so you can actually listen to what's going on, still the busyness in your life, and see what He wants you to do. Yeah. 
so good. Well, again, we're talking with the Deacon Ken Vadova. When we come back, we'll talk more about his mission now, his apostolate, if you will, at Ave Maria in Jamestown. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Girls, everyone. My name is Tim Mosier, your host today on Real Presence Live. We're talking, I should say, we're speaking with a deacon, Deacon Ken Vadova from the Diocese of Fargo. He's told us a little bit about his life and, and coming up to discernment. We're kind of in formation now. And Deacon, just before you move on to your work now, post-ordination, anything else about formation or maybe ordination day itself that uh, that uh, sticks with you and, and sticks sticks out for you? Well, one thing that really turned me around, I think, in my life was uh, the loss of our daughter, Sarah. Mm. Uh, she had passed after... Um, a virus attacked her heart when she was eight years old, and she had just received the uh, reconciliation in the first uh, her first Holy Communion about, oh, maybe six weeks earlier, and uh, she was buried in her first Holy Communion dress. And that, that spoke very powerfully to me. I understood all of a sudden what heaven was all about, and had a strong feeling and knew that she was there, 
but uh, a little bit of doubt. How am I going to get there? I need to be ready. I want to see her again. And if I'm going to do that, I have to be really serious about my faith. I can't just go to church and sit there. I can't just say the prayers on my lips and not mean it. I had had to change. So I think that was a big change. That was 1993. And and again, a slow journey, but uh, we joined a Bible study, I think, a Protestant Bible study after Tammy tried to find one in Finley for us. Uh, About eight years later, we started teaching The Great Adventure. Uh, About ten years later, 2005, and uh, it just uh, was a big change there. But that was important. Getting back to ordination, uh, we went to a few ordinations, and uh, if you haven't been to one, I strongly encourage it, because uh, the movement of the Spirit is really there when these men are getting ordained on the altar, whether it's deacons or priests. Uh, it's, it's so powerful. just uh, lifts you up. You're inside. The, I mean, if you ever wondered what the Holy Spirit feels like, you go to an ordination and experience that. It's just an awesome feeling. Mm, so true. I think it's a little ironic, Deacon. You talk about um, you and your wife teaching the Bible, the Great Adventure Bible Timeline, which is awesome, right? I, I went through that, too, and what a great way to see the big picture in Scripture and, and you know, get get a good over overall understanding from where I think it was your grandma that said, you know, you know, the yeah. Bible, I said, I never opened the Bible to where, to where you're now <laughs> teaching the Bible. That's, that's kind of cool. How God works, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we could, we'll have to visit with her again someday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When it's my time. Yeah, exactly. God, exactly. God willing. Amen. God willing. So uh, post-ordination, as, as you mentioned, I want, I want to echo that. I mean, it, it is such powerful, powerful uh, ex- experience. It, it's a powerful a rite and ritual, the ordination, yes. Um, it, it, it really, it's real, right? It's, it's not just hocus-pocus. The Holy Spirit, as you mentioned, is alive and there. So, but, Amen. Yeah. So post-ordination, uh, what, where, where were you assigned first, and what were your duties there, Deacon? Um, the Quad Parishes of Cooperstown, Finley, Hanetta, and Jesse, mm-hmm. we wound up, uh, I, I was from Finley, so we just automatically got assigned there because that's where our livelihood was, our home was, and things like that. So uh, we were serving there, and uh, in the middle of formation, I was called to visit the nursing homes, and Cooperstown is one we visited regular, and Tommy had an older cousin that was there, so we'd go visit him. And I was very uncomfortable, and uh, we'd visit with these people, and Tammy has relatives in that area, so most of the time they were glad to see her, and I was just tagging along. <laughs> and... And uh, I, I, I fell in love with these people. It just uh, you got to mention them. Uh, this this one friend of Tammy's, uh, her, her uh, distant cousin, uh, was there, and we just he was powerful. Uh, he uh, was very quiet. And one of the first stories he shared with us was uh, after he got to know us after several meetings, probably several months. He goes, "You might have wondered why he went to Finley's church too. You might have wondered why I wasn't in church." for a couple years at a time. And we said, well, we just thought you were going to Jesse or Ned. And he goes, no, I wasn't going to church. But uh, he said, uh, he was like 72. He said, uh, I, uh, when I was gone from church, I'd pray because I wasn't going to church, but God give me uh, an illness that will give me time to make things right. And uh, he was had lung cancer. He was a smoker all his life. And he goes, I'm so blessed now. He goes, uh, you guys come to me. I pray the rosary every day. You bring me communion once a week. Uh, Father has Mass here. 
uh, I'm just grateful that God's given me this gift to make things right. I'm 71 years. He goes, that's awesome. So many other people don't even have that. So he was just grateful for the gift of being able to make things right. So as we wind up trying to minister to these people, just about every time they wind up building me up more than I do for them. So, it's a beautiful part of what I do is I get fed more than I feed them, I think. So true, so true. When, when we open ourselves up to God and are willing to give, you're right, he, he fills us with much more than we give. Uh, whenever I do that, whether it's playing music, Deacon, or whether it's visiting, because I, I spend a lot of time in assisted living in nursing homes, just sharing music. And I tell them this. I say, you have made me, you know, lifted me up, made me more fulfilled and happy than when I walked in because, because you're being yeah. here. So you're absolutely right, these other yeah. human beings. Well, Deacon, then after a couple of years, you had kind of a special, uh, special event, a thing that kind of called you to a, a different place in your diaconate, right? Right. I, I was teaching, had been teaching for 35 years and running out of energy, if you will, being drawn more towards my formation in the diaconate and what I should do there, although I knew I had been given the gift of working with kids for so many students for so many years. But um, it was like my heart was aching for something else, and uh, it was probably early December of 2014 going into 2015, uh, I checked my email and uh, checked my junk mail spam, and there was a letter from uh, the CEO at Ave Maria Village, Tim Birchall, and uh, I didn't know who he was at the time, had no idea, and in the email it says, Deacon Tom, Deacon Tom Jeffrey uh, recommended that you might be interested in being a chaplain here in Jamestown at Ave Maria. I had no idea what Ave Maria was or what a chaplain was or whatever. And I showed it to Tammy, and we wondered if it was real. We called Keith and Tom and, and wound up interviewing in December and again in January and um, decided to accept Tom Jeffrey. Deacon said uh, he'd stay on until July 1st because he knew I had a teacher's contract so that following summer... June 30th, we left Finley and uh, Cooperstown and the Quad Parishes and moved here to Jamestown and and have been totally blessed in our move because we left uh, everything behind to come this way. Family, friends, and uh, a lot of our dreams. We're talking with Deacon Ken Vadova about his journey to the diaconate and now his, his, uh, his ministry in the diaconate, he and his wife, wife Tammy, and that, that's an interesting point, Deacon, you talk about that. You know, when you say yes to God, I mean, I think of Abraham, right? I mean, at least you kind of knew where you were going because Abraham went to a place where God was going to show him he didn't know. But at the same time, leaving family, friends, everything that you've known for decades behind, you know, that that's a leap of faith. But, uh, but God has provided richly, has he not? He has. Uh, people to help us move. Uh, the ability to say goodbye to family and friends. You know that that was that was tough. You know, Father Kinsley was there at the time, and uh, it was just uh, it, it actually caused some health issues <laughs> mm-hmm. for for us in in uh, the stress that uh, went with that move. But uh, we we just felt it was what God was calling us to do, and moved into something that was so different yet uh, 
it's so much the same. It's just uh, the kids are older, but they're still kids. <laughs> I, I like that. They're, they're still a child of God, but they're older. That's right. They're, they're at the end of life. Let's talk a little bit about that, your ministry there, and some of the blessings that you've received, uh, been able to be ministered there at Ave Maria. Um, like I said, I'm going to go back to another story. Um, just recently, I had a gentleman who was close to passing, and uh, he was so at peace with where he was at, but had so many questions and concerns and comments, and I sat with him. Uh, half hour or more at a time for a few days, and uh, as I wit- as I sat with him, I just thought I'm witnessing love, humility, thanksgiving, and childlike innocence in this man. And I wrote down he'd give these one liners, and I just have to read some of them because they were just amazing. I, I just go, God is gifting me again. He goes as he's sitting there or lying there, as the case may be. I don't want to get bragged up so much. I don't want to get bragged up so much. He was talking about his funeral. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I just can't believe he wanted to be prepared for the funeral wow. that was on his heart. He just wanted to be ready. I just can't believe how my kids believe I will go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd play harp music for him on my iPhone mm-hmm. and uh, read psalms to him. Wow. So the harp music would be playing, and he'd go, say the words. <laughs> I'd go, what, why? what do you mean? Say the words. He wanted me to read a psalm quietly while the harp was playing wow. in the background. Wow, like David for Saul. <laughs> yeah, and and then and then one of his comments was listening to the harp, like listening to heaven. Mm. And he goes, "Do you think he will mind if I'm sitting in my recliner?" He was sitting in the recliner. Do you think God will mind if I pass away while I'm sitting in the recliner? <laughs> Childlike innocence. Yes. Do you think it? Do you think it will be okay with him if I'm on hospice? Oh, I don't know. I think everything will be okay. There's no better place to put your trust than in the Lord. I can't believe how people are praying for me, my neighbors, my family, all over the world. And then he goes, concern for others. Feed them after the funeral. People need to eat. They'll be hungry, don't you think? (laughs) Have my son call the caterer. And he goes, I don't know what I'm going to do in heaven. Wow. You know, Deacon Ken, that is amazing, those witnesses and that... We're coming up on, on our break here, but I want to thank you for uh, being here and sharing your story and sharing that witness to hope. Thank you so much, Deacon Ken. You're welcome. God bless you. All right. After the break, we're coming up with Christopher Dodson, Executive Director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. Mm-hmm. 